Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Uh, hopefully we remember how to do this. It's been a few weeks. Yeah. We, we've been out of the country, so so we are rusty, to that, say the least, at this. That's called dedication right yeah, there. Yeah. We've, uh, we've recorded the intro probably seven times. Um, <laughs> no exaggeration. Maybe I'll add them all at the end, so you can just hear all the outtakes. Oh my gosh, I'll be good. At the end of this, um, because yes, we are struggling today. So. <laughs> It's been a while since I've uh, talked on microphone, but uh, there's a lot of Disney news to kind of catch up on because like I said, we recorded uh, a few weeks. We recorded like three or four episodes. So <laughs> I feel like it was like a month ago. Yeah, we so, yeah it seems like forever. So we didn't know what the news was going to be. So we, we really couldn't. We, I mean, we could make it up, but who knows what that was going to be. <laughs> so a ton, of, a ton of stuff has happened, though, uh, in, in the few weeks since we've been gone. So there's a, a lot of news to catch up for. But I know before we get to that, The Lion King came out. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody, Angela, wants to know probably what your thoughts are because you have thoughts for sure. <laughs> And you've been very outspoken against this movie because you love the original so much. So the floor is yours. Overall, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. That's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I did like I thought I was going to hate it. Um, there were definitely some positive and negatives to it. First of all, I had a bad taste in my mouth from the beginning because I thought that the the version of the Circle of Life wasn't as good. And you and I just established because I played it for you from the iTunes store. It wasn't necessarily that it wasn't as good. The sound in our theater was yeah, terrible. The theater we went to, as soon as the movie started, I could kind of tell that the sound was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And it was it was quiet. Like it, it wasn't as loud as it should have been. And so it wasn't. The sound wasn't as full, I think, and in in a lot of the songs and the dialogue was kind of quiet, which did impact it a little bit. I noticed it right away. I so wish I, I would have noticed it. I was it. okay with it because you could tell as soon as they were talking, like it was just a little bit off. But yeah, you, you were complaining about the song. I was like, I think it sounded the same. It was good. And then when you played it, you're like, oh, actually, I do like the the live action version of the circle of life better, right she so. sang in a little bit higher of a register so it wasn't so kind of like low and gravelly it was easier to kind of understand um, but she had a thicker accent but it's still I think that I thought that she wasn't as powerful a singer as the original version and I think it was because our theater was just quiet that it was right. it, it, I didn't like it so that kind of is a moot point I don't know why I would waste thirty seconds to a minute talking about that because I have way more to say okay. So let's start with let's start with the negative and end on the positive. So I thought I hated the line rewrites. I sat there and drove Joe crazy because I sat there um, and I was kind of like mouthing the words to some of the dialogue to the movie and they changed a lot of it. And in certain places, they simplified the language, which is a huge mistake that many adults make with young children, particularly like in books, they will try to talk down to them. And that's not good for kids. Like it's actually, I mean, there's certain amounts. Yeah, you don't want to talk way over their heads, but some of the vocabulary, that's how they learn vocabulary is hearing new things and learning it. The cadence of the lines really bothered me. The way that people said their lines, I know that these are new artists and new people, um, new singers singing the songs. And I think that they wanted to make it their own. But sometimes I feel like when people try to do things in a different way, they purposefully then ignore the most obvious and best way to say lines or sing a song because it's already been done that way. And I felt a lot like it was forced to this time where people would say it a little different just to be different. And it wasn't the best way to say things like the line when when Simba found Mufasa and he was dead the desperation was completely out of his voice I felt like but again it could have been our theater 
and the fact that their theater sound was bad but um and like whenever Mufasa runs away also uh like when he goes away from the clouds Simba just seems like he's like oh don't leave me okay you're gone um instead of like we just rewatched that scene where the clouds roll away and speaking of the cloud scene they completely rewrote that Mufasa's lines are completely different and they're not as good and Rafiki in that scene isn't nearly as lovable Rafiki seems he's the only character that doesn't seem to get any bump ups in this movie um there are some characters some side characters that get really great rewrites which I'm about to talk about but Rafiki is drowned out. He seems like kind of shoehorned strangely into the story. He seems like weirdly mystical and like he doesn't belong. That whole scene where he tries to hit Simba in the head with the stick and he talks about how you can either run from your past or learn from the past was completely absent from the live, live action version. And to me, that was one of the best scenes from the original and real movie. So that is that I had a problem with. Um, and also I thought the movements, I, but I also thought like people had problems with the facial expressions and the movements of the animals and maybe the fact that they might look creepy. I didn't really think that was too bad, but they still did look unnatural if you really are used to like watching nature documentaries. Now as for the positives, the animals moved when they were talking, like Timon would move or scratch himself when he was talking. I thought that was a really cool way of subbing in for the facial expressions I loved the longer version of The Lion Sleeps Tonight. It upped the suspense of the scene because you were expecting Nala to pop out sooner. I loved how instead of the distraction dance, the, the, the luau one that they had with Timon and Pumbaa at the end where they're trying to lure the, the hyenas away, I love how they sang Be Our Guest instead. That was so funny and that song is so fitting because they were talking about eating Pumbaa. So that was really, really well done. Uh, Zazu, Timon, and Pumbaa. I mean, I think you would agree, right? They were better in this version. Um, they, the rewrites, the characters who voiced them did a really good job. They got rid of a lot of the punny jokes and they made them different kinds of jokes. Uh, Zazu had more agency. He didn't serve Scar like they, he did in the animated version. He actually just served the lines and he would fly away. Um, he wasn't supposed to even be there. So that was interesting. I liked how he saved Nala and the Nala slipping away scene. That was new and added. She got a little bit more screen time, and I think that added to the movie. And then lastly, I liked, I know they weren't called this in the live action version, but I don't, they never said their names, so I didn't read the credits. I liked the Bonsai and Ed hyenas better. I thought they were funnier. Um, they, like the, the whole part where the one wanted to cuddle with the other, I thought that was funny. But the hyenas overall looked terrible. <laughs> like they were creepy. They looked like the Ninja Turtles in the Ninja Turtle movie. So o overall, I mean, you think I think you thought it was an okay movie, yeah. but you still like the original better. Yes. I I mean, real quickly from my perspective, I think if you don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> of the animated version and you don't know because I think a lot of like you said your complaints were oh they changed that line or they changed this line. This scene was slightly different than than this scene. I think if you don't notice that, it, you're not going to be as upset about the minor changes they made. I think overall, I mean, looking at it, it was visually uh, impressive. It was amazing as you're sitting there to just realize that all of this is computer animated. They, they built it in a kind of simulator that they then yeah. were able to move the camera around on and, yeah. and take footage of. Yeah, the I, settings uh, are amazing. Yeah, a lot of the people, like you said, complaints were 
oh, it, it looks strange when they're talking. And, and I do think I saw some clips beforehand and it did look a little bit out of place seeing them them speak like that. But when you see it in the actual movie, it makes it makes more sense. Like you don't notice it as much because it, it just seems more natural. And it does seem like this is how if lions would talk and interact, like they kept it, they didn't make it cartoony, which I think a lot of people didn't like, but I liked that because it, it was very realistic. So I thought overall it was a really good movie. I mean, again, a lot of these live action remakes really don't need to exist. Yeah, this movie you know, in, in any way. I mean, exist. I think I, I kind of feel about the Lion King, how I feel about Aladdin. Like it's a good movie, but it's basically the same movie they made 25, 30 years ago, just in live action. So it's it's not like that they really brought anything new to it. Yes. Well, they gave Nala more of a voice and they gave Zazu more of a voice, just like they gave Jasmine more of a voice in the Aladdin version. Right. But but drastically, it's not like it's a whole new story or, or you know, a different ending. Um, you know, it's not like Mufasa lived in this one or something like that. <laughs> so but I think it's good. But, you know, I mean, overall, like I said, they're, they're solid movies, but people go to see them. Um, and that's kind of what we'll get into with Disney news is, you know, just Disney's domination at the box office. So Aladdin's made a billion dollars. The Lion King already in, in two weeks has made a billion dollars. That's so, incredible. So these movies are making so much money. And I kind of wonder, and we talked about this, mm-hmm. is are we going to start seeing sequels now, live action sequels? Right. Because in the 90s when Disney made the the animated versions, The Lion King did very well. Yeah. Um, Aladdin did very well. During they, the Renaissance. Yeah, and they made sequels, but they were directed. VHS, I guess, yeah. at that point, sequels. Yeah, they, they never, were never released. They but, never released in theaters. But like the like the Aladdin sequels are pretty good, though. You like the Lion King. <laughs> yeah. Well, one apparently, and a half according no, I hated one and a half. Okay. Two. But a, a, people loved one and a half according according to Rotten Tomatoes and hated two. I I loved two. Okay. So there, there's definitely sequels out there. So I think I, I could see them doing uh, live action sequels here. And maybe following the animated sequels, but also kind of creating new stories, which I think people may like better because I think so much of these live action remakes is they're comparing it. Oh, it's just a a shot for shot remake of the original. It's good, but it's never going to be as good as the original. Whereas if you start doing a sequel and you can start telling different stories that people might not necessarily be as familiar with because it was just a VHS release sequel. You know, I think you can really start exploring things and then people won't be so tied to comparing it to a beloved classic. Yeah, I so. agree with that. And then by then they'll get like some of the mouth movements better and things like well, I, I think <clears throat> I think that the only characters who didn't look good when they were speaking was Simba when his mouth was way open. Baby Simba. I noticed when he was roaring, it looked really weird. Yeah, but I think overall, I mean, they, they did do a good job of keeping it realistic. Like they didn't give them like a human mouth, like in the, in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I mean, they're, they're redoing all the animation for Sonic because the trailer came out and they're like, why does he have human teeth? He's a hedgehog. Like he looks like a, you know, He's person creepy. that's a, that's blue, you know, strangely. Like they kept it realistic. He looks like those little Quiznos subs people, like the eat yeah. Quiznos subs. Yeah. Like, the, but they kept it, you know, realistic, like a lion would look. So this episode is not sponsored by Quiznos, by the way. <laughs> So as I was mentioning with Disney's uh, global box office, so they've already beaten the 2016 record that they set for the largest box office. So in 2016, they had $7.61 billion for the global box office. <laughs> That's an insane so, amount of money. So we are in 
August, the beginning of August here, and they've already surpassed that. They're at $7.67 billion. So we have four months to go. Yes, and we still have Star Wars to come out, Frozen 2 to come oh out. Oh my gosh, Frozen 2 is going to break the box office. And uh, and the Maleficent sequel. So yeah, Disney's had an incredible year. Uh, Endgame. What does Fox co- have coming out? Because they own Fox. Yeah, Fox has some movies, but... N- Nothing. I mean, they never out. Like yeah, they're not. It's not going to be the a same huge scale, movie. but right. still, they're they're going right. to make money. But but you figure Star Wars is probably going to do a billion easily. Uh, Frozen two's probably going to do a billion. So it's going to be like two billion. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably have another two billion there. And they've also become the first studio to surpass five billion dollars overseas. And again, it's it's only August, so it's the first studio to do this. But they've had. Is Mulan next year? Mulan is next year. Okay. So they've had uh, Avengers Endgame with over. $2 billion. That's the number one movie of all time now. Captain Marvel's over a billion. Aladdin's hit a billion. Lion King has crossed a billion. And Toy Story 4 is uh, like $920 million at this point. And then if you count Spider-Man... That's incredible for the fourth movie of a franchise to make that much money. Yeah, so, so that that may cross a billion. Uh, it may not. But then you've also have Spider-Man Far From Home, which is part of the MCU, but it's um, distributed by Sony. So technically it falls under Sony, but that's made a billion dollars as well. So if you look at the top five, yeah, if you look at the top five movies of the year, they are all either Disney movies or Disney produced movies. So wow. Disney's, their their global box office, their dominance is insane and this year it's kind of a bit of a perfect storm because of all the movies they have coming out like i don't think they're gonna surpass this next year but it is kind of crazy and it's something that you know i think we can maybe talk about more in a future episode but almost has disney become too big like is is this dominance gonna hurt them in the fact that they're they're only gonna make sequels of movies like they're not gonna try to do as uh much original stuff because why try to make an original movie that's risky when you can make an Avengers movie that makes almost $3 billion, you know? And, and so, and a lot of people that's, you know, complaint about a lot of people's, you know, the, the major movies out are all sequels like Hobbs and Shaw is going to do really well. And that's a sequel to the fast and the furious franchise, which is going to be 10 movies. Original, like originality in the box office, which is definitely a problem. I mean, I have this problem with books too is oftentimes I'll find a book I want to read and then I realize it has a sequel and I don't necessarily always want to read a book with four or five sequels. I just want to read one book that's contained in itself. Right. And Disney, they kind of went through this in the 90s. I mean, they dominated animation. They had all these great movies and then I mean, I think you know they got a little bit complacent. The market changed. Other other competitors came up and, and kind of did things better. You know, you had Shrek starting doing like the computer oh. animation, Pixar doing computer animation. So you kind of wonder, is, is Disney going to get complacent and somebody else is going to overtake them? I don't think anybody else is going to overtake them because they own all the major studios at this point. But it's like... DreamWorks. I mean, DreamWorks, I, DreamWorks right? is... They're not, ma- they're not making movies like this anymore. I mean, if you look at the secret Shrek life of pets. Yeah, I mean, they're talking about remaking Shrek, but they're n- nobody's as huge as live as, action Shrek. No, no, no movie could be more disconcerting than live action. No, Shrek. they're just, just going to remake it. But but nobody has as many hits as Disney. I mean, DreamWorks yeah. can come out with a couple movies a year, but nothing like Disney can. Yeah, so they're they're we have another four months, and they've already surpassed the the box office record. So I think they probably have a shot at ten billion dollars this year. With a with a global box office, which will be pretty impressive. So the the next piece 
of news is that we finally have an opening date for Rise of the Resistance. And it's it's a little bit further out than I think a lot of people anticipated. Um, what's interesting is it's going to be opening at Walt Disney World first. So it's going to be opening on Walt's birthday on December 5th uh, at Walt Disney World. And then it won't actually be opening in Disneyland until... Uh, January 17th of 2020. So a lot of people thought that there was a chance that it would maybe be open in Disneyland for the D23 conference at the end of the month, that they would kind of have a, a surprise opening. So everybody there for D23 would be able to ride it. But I guess it turns out that I, maybe they're having more problems than they anticipated. So it's not going to be opening in Disneyland until January. And I'm not sure if part of it is maybe they're having issues or part of it is because the crowds are so low, they're trying to entice people to come now because, you know, if they say Rise of the Resistance is opening in September, people may not, they might just say, okay, we'll wait another couple months to go. But if they say, hey, it's not coming for another six or seven months, maybe you go now to go see Galaxy's Edge because the crowds are pretty low at Disneyland. And then you go again in, in January or February because there's so many locals going. It's mm-hmm. easy for them to go a couple times a well, year. I'm hoping we get caught in this lull in Disney World when we go in November. like Because it's right before Rise of the Resistance is supposed to open um, a couple weeks before. So I'm hoping that pe- there will be less attendance and we can ride more. Yeah, November is kind of a slow time. And, and yeah, with it not being open... Like if, if this would open, like you said, early November, I think a lot of people would be there because they'd be trying to go for the opening. But since it's not till December, I think if a lot of people are saying, well, I could go in November, like a little bit before Thanksgiving, or I could wait a couple of weeks and go before that like Christmas season hits, that I think, yeah, you, you may get that. So maybe a little bit slower, which, which may be nice. Yeah. So, But it, it's good we kind of finally have an opening date for it. So it will, will really be interesting to see one, th- that ride is supposed to be, you know, a technological marvel. And two, how it does impact the crowds. If we start seeing, you know, those insane crowds that that they were kind of anticipating when Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland and, and it never really came to fruition. So. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of speaking of the holiday season, so uh, Disney announced their holiday offerings for Walt Disney World. And kind of the big change this year is that the Animal Kingdom is going to be kind of the main focus of all of the holiday stuff. So I think last year, um, Hollywood Studios had a lot of new and kind of interesting offerings. Now that they do have Galaxy's Edge, I think they figure they're good. People are going to be going there. So let's try to spread crowds out. So Animal Kingdom's getting a lot. I'm surprised because we found when we were there last time that Animal Kingdom was the most crowded park. Now I'm sure some of that will shift whenever, you know, Galaxy's like Edge opens, but I still feel like People who are there that don't want to go to Galaxy's Edge are just going to default to, oh, we'll go to Pandora then. Well, I think around the holiday season, though, you have the Magic Kingdom has all the lights, so a lot of people want to go there. Epcot has food and wine, so a lot of people want to go there. That's true. Hollywood Studios has Galaxy's Edge. So I think around that holiday time, there's more offerings at the other parks Mm -hmm. than as opposed to Animal Kingdom. So I think, yeah, you may get a lot of people trying to go to Pandora at the beginning early in the day to ride a flight of passage, but there's not much to keep you there at night. Yeah. So, so they have, so they have a lot of holiday offerings. So they're going to be having a, a holiday hoopla dance party <laughs> with uh, Chip and Dale and Donald in Dino land USA. 
the tree of life, the the tree of life awakening. So the the projection show mm-hmm. on the tree of life is going to have uh, holiday themed hmm. awakenings. So just just reindeers, <laughs> not reindeer <laughs> and penguins. But I think it's gonna be like winter. Polar bears. It's gonna be like winter themed and and um and and like holiday kind of score. And then also in Pandora, there's going to be kind of Christmas decor and, and holiday offerings. Uh, and Pandora as well, at specifically at the uh, Pongu Pongu stand. So they're oh, gonna nice. be it's gonna be a little bit themed there as well. So so there's they're definitely c- kind of putting a focus on it. And all of this starts November eighth is when all of the holiday decorations go up. My guess is that they take the Pongu Pongu balls that are what usually green and green light like a light green and pink and make them red and dark green. Yeah, and I think they're going to have like ornaments and things there. Like it's going to be decorated a bit, kind of like, you know, Christmas from Earth. You know, like because Pandora is off world, off Earth. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be like, hey, this is, they can fit it in there because Earth exists and kind of that culture does exist. So I think that's how they're going to pull it in that way. So Hmm. the last thing I want to touch on is uh, Comic Con happened at the end of July. And Marvel announced all of their Phase Four uh, plans. So all of their movies, and and they include the Disney Plus limited series as well as part of the the MCU. So for the next two years, they've kind of announced all their offerings, which I think it's interesting. The movies they did announce and everything, but then also kind of what they didn't announce. So just kind of quickly running through this. Uh, the Black Widow movie will be the first up on May 1st, 2020. And then in the fall of 2020 will be the Falcon and Winter Soldier show on Disney+. Plus. The Eternals movie, and this is uh, starring Angelina Jolie. She's like, yes. she's the big name in this. This is what I've been waiting for. It's going to be November 6th of 2020. Um, so besides Angelina Jolie, uh, Richard Madden, he was uh, Rob Stark on Game of Thrones, he's going to be in it. Kumail Nagiani is going to be in it. Oh, nice. uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Don Lee. So th- there's Selma Hayek is in it as well. So th- that's a that's a, a big cast. They announced Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So it's going to be the first superhero of Asian descent. All right. It's going to be... It's about time. Yeah, so that's going to be February 12th of 2021. Aqua- I mean... Aquafina is going to be in this movie. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, you can kind of c- count Mulan as a superhero of Asian descent, though. Right, I guess. So <laughs> I guess in the, M- in the MCU, in the MCU, this okay. is going to be the first one. But what's interesting is this is the Legend of the Ten Rings. So the Ten Rings that was introduced in Iron Man 3 with the Mandarin. So that was the yeah, organization. Yeah, I totally remember that. And, <laughs> but the Mandarin in that movie turned out to be a fraud. Yeah. And then kind of they did a, a one-shot as the DVD that showed there actually is a real Mandarin. So that organization is going to be involved in this movie. So kind of something mm-hmm. that happened, you know, it'll probably be 10 years by the time this movie comes Jeez. out. You know, it's just like those type of callbacks that they can do now, you know, is pretty impressive. The, like, you know how you said about the Lion King and how I have an encyclopedic knowledge. Only people who have an encyclopedic knowledge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe like you do. We'll, so we'll I think there's a that. lot of people. I think a lot of people have that. <laughs> I so, bet there's a lot of people with Lion King knowledge like me too. Yeah, I think there probably is. So. But I was just saying, yeah, if you if you didn't like the, if you don't have that knowledge, then I think you'd like the movie. So 
Uh, that's in 2021. In spring of 2021 on Disney Plus is the WandaVision series. So that's going to be... Uh, Wait, did you say WandaVision or WandaVision? WandaVision. So it's 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 the Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff, okay. and Vision. So they've combined it into one Wanda word. Wanda slash Vision. No, it's WandaVision, all one word. Oh. Yeah, so that's... And I believe that there's a comic book um, kind of series called WandaVision. Okay. Like that. So I, I don't know if it's pulling Which from that or not. I do think it's about time the Scarlet Witch gets her own movie. Um, I think that she started off as not really the strongest character. What, was that one of the Avengers movies? Um, yeah, the, Age of Ultron. Yeah. And like by the end of the movie, she ended up being like a hero and she joined the, she, you know, she joined the Avengers. But I think that she has a lot to offer. And in the last several movies, they've really kind of developed her character and made her interesting. And I've wanted to see more. So I'm glad that she'll have her own movie with with the vision. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So she's, that's going to be a Disney Plus series, and that's going to oh, yeah series. Yeah, and that's going to lead directly into the Doctor Strange sequel in May seventh of twenty twenty one. So Scarlet Witch is going to be in that movie with Doctor Strange, and it's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is <laughs> which is a great title. Now, if you haven't seen Spider Man Far From Home yet. Uh, slight spoiler for for that movie, but it, so so yeah so, away. yeah so skip Go ahead, ahead thirty seconds yeah. so they say in the trailer they talked about the multiverse and that and it turns out that was all kind of fake and and um, Mysterio just made that up and it wasn't a real thing and I kind of talked about oh I think that yeah it might be fake in this movie but that's not saying that the multiverse in general is fake. And so this movie kind of confirms that, that the multiverse in the MCU is real and Dr. Strange is going to be dealing with it. Now they actually kind of tease that this is going to be the first horror movie in the MCU, that this is going to kind of be a more suspenseful and scary movie because as the multiverse of madness. So that, that'll be pretty interesting to see. Um, And then the, the Loki series that's been talked about, that actually won't be coming out until spring of 2021. So it's two years until we get that series. And they did confirm that that will be following the Loki from Endgame that took the Tesseract in that timeline. Mm-hmm. So it will be following him as he kind of goes through. So this is before he's kind of turned good. You know, he's still that that 2012 from the first Avengers where he's still kind of more of a, a bad guy than a good yeah. guy but he has moments of seeming like a good guy right so he's going to be kind of causing mischief he has that yeah line. he has that like little bit of like jack sparrow about him it makes him an interesting character i'm excited for that that's yeah. probably out of the things that they they announced that's what i'm looking forward to the most and tom hiddleston yes. is returning yes. yeah, yeah that's yeah, awesome he'll be Loki. yeah so they're, they're going to be doing an animated series called what if and this is going to be on disney plus in the summer of 2021 so this is where they're going to ask questions like what if peggy carter picked up Captain America's shield instead of Steve Rogers and she became Captain America or, you know, just different things like that of like what happened, like what would happen. Uh, And it's going to be animated, but it's going to be voiced by a lot of the, the, the stars. So if like Peggy Carter is going to be voiced by Haley Atwell and, um, and different things. And uh, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld is actually going to be joining as the watcher who is an alien observer who observes the different storylines throughout the multiverse. So okay. again, this is kind of playing in with the multiverse. And then we're also getting a Hawkeye series 
on uh, Disney Plus in fall of 2021. And then... They're really trying to make Hawkeye a thing. <laughs> now, I think people are, are excited about that. I think that's going to be setting up the Kate Bishop character who takes over as Hawkeye. Oh. So kind of passing the mantle. Um, and then another uh, sequel, so this is a uh, cinematic release in November of 2021, is Thor 4 Love and Thunder. So this yes. is I'm pretty. This is probably the one yeah, I'm most excited this, about. This I'm excited about too. Taika Waititi's coming back. Uh, Valkyrie's going to be back, and then Natalie Portman. I can't think of her name. Natalie Portman is returning as Jane Foster, but she is going to become female Thor. So she's going to be wielding Mjolnir, I think, in this movie. So it it's going to be really interesting. Well, Tessa Thompson is looking for love in this movie. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, right? it's, lo- it's love and thunder. Yeah, so it's, I wonder if she'll end up with Natalie Portman. Potentially, but yeah, she potentially could. I'm, because I'm, she, we we know from the movie they were released that I mean, I think it was rumored before, but she's she is she's gay. She's yeah, it's, it's confirmed so that she's, she's looking she's, for her queen. It's confirmed that she's the first openly LGBTQ superhero in the MCU. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, so Which I, explains why she doesn't check out Thor more during the other <laughs> movies. Because <laughs> that's all I would do. So, yeah, so I think I think that this will be really interesting. I mean, uh, Ragnarok was hilarious. And um, having Taika Waititi back. Didn't we rank great. that as the best MCU movie? I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I still think it's, it is. Yeah, so, even probably even beats out end, Endgame. Yeah, so, so this, this will be great. And like I said, with, with having Natalie Portman back... As female Thor, that'll be interesting to see how that plays into things. I don't know if that will be, again, like a multiverse thing. Like maybe she's from a parallel universe where she became Thor and not Thor. Because, um, again, Milnir doesn't exist in the, the main timeline. So if she has Milnir, it's going to have they're either going to have to make a new one or she's going to have to come from another timeline. Or maybe timeline. she comes from another timeline because whenever Thor went somewhere else to get Mil- like the Milnir, so he had Warhammer and Milnir, he stole her her hammer. Well, in Endgame, we did see Steve Rogers take Mjolnir back to a timeline, and maybe in that timeline he took it back to that that Natalie Portman uh, wielded it in that timeline. That's right. I forgot he did that. Because there is a lot of there's a lot missing. Like we don't know what Cap did and when he returned everything. So, so I think a lot of that will come into play. Uh, And then finally, kind of a a surprise is that they're going to be doing a a Blade remake with Mahershala Ali, and that's Mm. that's to be. There's no date set for that, so that one's to be determined. But apparently Mahershala Ali, after winning his second Oscar, <laughs> came to Kevin Feige and said, I want to do Blade. And they're like, oh, yes, like, sure, no, no problem. So so that's in the works. But And Mahershala was in uh, Moonlight, and he's been, in case you don't know who so he, he is. He won an Oscar for Moonlight, and he right. won an Oscar for Green Book. Right, and he was also in Luke um, Cage. Luke Cage, yeah, He yeah, played, he played Cottonmouth, yeah. Which that's not part of the MCU so they right right I mean right. it kind of is but but not really so right yeah so I mean there, there's a ton of movies coming out what I found interesting is it seems like that they're they're leaning more at least on the next couple of years on this on the Disney plus there's a lot of Disney plus series coming out and they're using that to fill out their schedule so you know when they're only like have two movies next year they have Black Widow and the Eternals they're saying, well, we also have a Disney Plus series. So that kind of counts as like three movies a year. How amazing do you think that Angelina Jolie is going to be as a superhero in the MCU? I think it'll be great. I mean, 
you have Tomb Raider. You have, I mean, she always gets the best. I mean, whether or not you like Angelina Jolie as a human, she always gets the most kick butt roles as a woman. Um, and that's respectable. And so to see her as a superhero, it's just going to be mind blowing. I think yeah, it's going to be I think, I think she'll be great. So I, I think that one's going to be a really good movie. They have a good cast. I think everything they've announced is going to be really good. So I just think it's interesting that it's a lot more original stuff and then a lot more on kind of the lesser known characters. I mean, Thor's the only main Avenger well, getting a sequel. Because there's no Guardians announced and he was with the Guardians the last time we saw him. Yeah, so it is going to be interesting how that plays. I think with James Gunn, uh, that whole situation, now he's he's back, but he has to finish Suicide Squad first. I think they probably wanted Guardians to be in you know this phase four, but now it's been pushed back. They did they did mention that they are still working on Guardians, uh, a Captain Marvel sequel and a Black Panther sequel, but there's no date. That is interesting that none of those. I didn't even think about yeah. the other two. Yeah, so there's no dates announced. I kind of wonder if they don't get announced later, and they do end up coming out and say 2021 that maybe we get a Black Panther sequel because Black Panther came out in 2018 I want to say that sounds right so you're looking at you're looking at four years if you if you so don't last count. year it came out because it's 2019 now so yes yes yeah it, it came out last year okay. it came out last year I so yeah so you know you're looking at three years for 2021 four years for 2022 so you know maybe around that time I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah if maybe one of those movies gets kind of wedged in there if one of these other ones slips but yeah it's interesting that none of those are announced so i think the next set of 2022 2023 you're gonna have captain marvel you know black panther um maybe another ant-man or something like that and and you'll kind of get back to the characters you know so i think the next couple years are setting up some of these characters that you're not as familiar with or that we don't know yet to kind of set up for the future. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they do this because at some point they're almost going to need to do five or six movies a year because they have so many characters yeah. to cover and they have so many storylines that only doing two or three movies, and again, maybe with the Disney Plus it will help because they can fill in some stories for these other characters because I mean, it's almost impossible to keep up on because it's going to be it's going to be seven or eight years until we see Guardians again between Guardians 2 and Guardians 3. Hey, I figured out a great profession for you, like a future profession. Okay. <clears throat> Why don't you become a Marvel movie scholar? And that way, because they're going to need to have people who oh, they, they start. Have pe- they I'm sure have they people. do, but I mean, you do have a mind like a steel trap. So I, I think, write a dissertation about it. Right. Like they could hire me as a Lion King scholar but like you do remember all these things and you like to read all that but it's going to become so hard for them i mean you figure if they get so many characters even though it's all under the marvel studio they're going to have to start splitting off and taking on different characters and different studios just working on that character but they're also going to have to talk to each other so that they don't undo anything or they keep everything consistent and that's going to be hard so they're well, that's, definitely that's need kevin feige's job that's his job and i'm sure he has a, a team behind him but yeah it will be interesting if he i'm just saying if job he ever if he ever leaves or anything uh yeah keeping it all straight because yeah they, they do they have so many characters at this point but yeah so it should be pretty interesting it's exciting you know love love the marvel movies and i'm glad now we kind of have announcements really looking forward to thor uh, love and thunder 
in a couple years and, and all these other movies in between. So will be interesting. Well, I, that was a, a ton of Disney news. We covered a lot. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week, for lending us your ears, as you like to say. That's what I like to say. And have, have a, a magical, magical day. Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything. <laughs> Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast. Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. <laughs> Did I just do the whole thing? Yes, we're struggling today. We're struggling today. All right, all right take seven. <laughs> Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. <laughs> I'm Angela. No, I'm Joe. We're on the struggle bus today. It's been, the, it's been like three I'm weeks. I'm the driver since we, of the struggle bus. It's been like three weeks since we've recorded. <laughs>